Hi, I'm Anthony Fury. Thanks for joining us for the latest episode of Full Comment. It has been a wild couple of weeks in Canadian news, politics, and COVID rules developments. Provinces are dropping pandemic restrictions like it's hot, the Conservatives ditch their leader, and the truckers' convoy made its way across the nation to Parliament Hill, where they remain. There's a lot of division out there, both in terms of what people think about what's going on and what should happen next, but also about what actually is going on, what has gone on with all of these various developments with what's happening with the truckers' convoy on the ground. It's quite something to see just basic disagreement about some of the basic facts. Well, our next guest has been on the ground pretty much every day for everything that's been going on in Ottawa, joining us to break it all down for us. Rupa Subramania joins us now. She's written for the Wall Street Journal, Foreign Policy Magazine, and she's now a regular columnist with the National Post. Rupa, welcome. It's great to have you. Well, it's great to be here, Anthony. Yeah, and I, w- I want to preface our conversation here because things things move very fast right now. Day by day, it's different. And we are recording this right now on February 3rd, Thursday, February 3rd. If anybody wants to know what the sort of snapshot in time is, what we're talking about here, because, of course, things we discuss could change uh, very quickly uh, day by day. And they, they've already changed. I mean, wow. You know, I remember just a few weeks ago, uh, you know, I've been writing on COVID for a long time. You have as well. We were talking about mm-hmm. Ontario science table numbers and charts and all of a sudden, <laughs> bam, instead we're, we're talking about, about this, these kind of rapid changes that have suddenly swept the nation. Right. Uh, so I, I live uh, right here, right downtown in the Byward market. And um, I have, and I've spent more than two decades in Ottawa um, and in Canada, and I've never seen anything like this. Um, I didn't expect um, the protests to be as, to be as big as they've, they've become. Um, and, um, and, you know, I spent the weekend, I, as you mentioned, I've pretty much, I've spent pretty much every day uh, going to the protests. I spent uh, more time on the weekend than I have in the last couple of days. Uh, and it's been very interesting, Anthony. I have seen, um, um, you know, trucks uh, parked um, on Wellington Street, Sussex Drive. Uh, they've occupied um, uh, large chunks of the downtown area. I've also seen lots and lots of people uh, descend um, on the nation's capital. Um, some estimates put these crowds at uh, eight to 10,000 people. Um, and uh, it's been uh, uh, remarkable. I haven't seen anything like this. And, um, and you know, I've seen a cross-section of peoples. Uh, basically, um, you know, this is, this is Canada, really. I've seen a cross-section of Canada. Uh, everyone from the young, the, o- the old, uh, uh, high school students, uh, families, uh, uh, parents bringing their kids, uh, people of color, all kinds of people of various ethnicities. I've seen Indo-Canadians, Sikh Canadians, Chinese Canadians, Black Canadians, uh, you name it. They're all there um, um, opposing uh, vaccine mandates, restrictions and lockdowns and um and uh, and you know and want to make their voices heard um, and um, uh, it's it's not quite the white supremacist gathering that perhaps I even I may have been expecting given that uh, all of the uh, news coverage leading up to the protests uh, suggested that this was just a bunch of white supremacist gathering 
Uh, I posed this question to several of these people I spoke to over the weekend. Uh, I asked to see Canadian, what do you think of the fact that they're saying that this is a white supremacist gathering? How, how do you explain your presence? And he just rolled his eyes and he said, I oppose uh, the vaccine mandates. And in Quebec, we've had it really, uh, really bad. Uh, I can't go to my local Costco. Uh, I, we, we do 80% of our groceries at Costco and uh, I'm not allowed to go in because I refuse to get vaccinated. I, I mean, it's quite something, the rules around the world. One of the things that I find almost embarrassing mm -hmm. if I was to be traveling abroad would be to acknowledge I was from Canada. It used to be that you put the Canada flag on your backpack and then everybody says, oh, cool, I love Canadians. Thank God you're not Americans and so forth. But now I find like right. even sometimes uh, corresponding with people or, or having family and friends who live abroad or people traveling mm -hmm. abroad and coming back. And it's always like, other places don't really have the things that we have. Like, yes, some places mm -hmm. have some of the things, but there's very few countries in the world that have the combination of very aggressive COVID rules that we have here in Canada. You know, you look in the United States and and it used to be they just say, oh, Florida, because Florida was the first to, to step away from all of this and all oh, Republicans. And now it's like, no, some of the most aggressive things set against these rules uh, can be Democrats, can be uh, left-leaning politicians. The, the acting mayor of Boston who was a Democrat, uh, she gave a press conference. She kind of apologized for the remarks after. Uh, she's a black lady and she said, she said, uh, you know, my people have endured slavery in the past. We're not going to endure it again. And she was talking about the vaccine mandates. And whatever you think of that comment, right or wrong, or agree or disagree, it's like remarkable that that's the kind of stuff that Democrats are saying in the U.S. Exactly. Um, I, I personally think this is my view and people can, uh, you know, are free to disagree with that. But I think that our image has taken a beating uh, during the course of the pandemic, uh, wh whether it is our healthcare system, whether it is our restrictions, which have been among the uh, some of the worst. We've had some of the worst restric restrictions, uh, barring Australia and New Zealand, of course, they were even worse. But, uh, you know, if you look at school closures, for example, uh, we were... Uh, you know, the only major advanced country um, uh, with schools still shut uh, in early January. I think it. Uh, I think um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Ukraine and a couple of other countries that still had their uh, schools closed. Um, uh, but but you know, just think about the damaging effect this has had on had on children. I don't have kids, but. Um, I, I can still relate to that. You know, I have small kids and I got to say, I've got increasingly mm -hmm. frustrated over the months as the very rigid rules that our children have had to endure when we have always known, even when when COVID was more severe, Delta variant 12 months ago, it's always been acknowledged. I spoke to the head of Sick Kids Hospital a long time ago in the pandemic, and he said, thankfully, one of the silver linings, if there can be a silver lining, is that children are spared uh, the worst of it. It proves milder. Back when Facebook was banning posts for misinformation, if someone dared to write, COVID is just the flu, well, pediatricians were telling me that, yes, it is actually much worse than the flu in, in seniors, but when it comes to kids, it is less severe than the flu. Leading pediatricians working in the top hospitals in Canada, that's what they were telling me many months ago. And yet, successively, they said, my kid's hockey game has to be shut down. And we saw the reports. I mean, I know you know all of these reports that showed uh, the mental health crises that uh, teenagers and youth were enduring, all of these problems, the suicide attempts. And it was just like, Good grief. I mean, that's the stuff parents were getting really upset about. 
Well, absolutely. The damaging effects of this pandemic, especially uh, on children, um, are, you know, is, is, is something that we're going to be dealing with for, for a very, very long time. And I don't know where the accountability is. I mean, we can, we can vote our politicians out of power. So that's one option. But who's going to hold the experts to account? You know, how do we hold them to account? You know, these, a lot of these policies were driven by expert advice. Uh, we were told, follow the science. Um, and unfortunately, many of these measures had no scientific basis. But all that it's resulted in is, you know, a very damaging future for our kids and, our, and for our youth. Uh, and, and everyone is just really, really tired, I think, at this point. And in a sense, that fatigue, that tiredness is, is also captured by this truckers movement. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily even about... Um, Yes, a lot of it is about opposing vaccine mandates, but a lot of people who show up there are just tired. They just want to move on. And are we really going to be moving on? Uh, I don't see that happening because we're still with, uh, under, under restrictions at 50% capacity, while most of the rest of the world is uh, you know, just getting rid of restrictions, all restrictions. Um, and, and they're staring at uh, the end of the pandemic. They're looking at the light, uh, looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, by March here in Ontario, um, I think, in my, in, my, in my view, we will only be back to where we were in the fall. So this gradual easing. Wow, you, you think know, so? Yeah. That's scary I mean, stuff, you, although if you, you, if you, you, you may look, be right. If you look at the roadmap, now I, I could be mistaken and feel free to correct me, but based on the roadmap that I looked at a couple of weeks ago, you know, it did seem like we were not going to be that much different from where we were in the fall. The point is, you know, you got to compare that with where all of these other countries are, right? Which is, which is basically back to a pre-2020 world. Uh, we're still in the 2020 world to some extent. And, uh, and that, I think, has to uh, be recognized. It has to be dealt with. It has to be debated. We have to ask, why are we so afraid to come out of the pandemic? What's holding us back? And, and you know, all these conversations we're having, I mean, we're, we're, we're obviously doing retread of all these previous numbers. I'm referencing studies that we've known for like well over a year now. But I, I guess the frustration is, I think what a lot of people are saying and why, yes, the, the convoy began with a frustration about a trucker's vaccine mandate, one very specific thing. But to your point, it's become a broader symbol. It's ballooned into so much more is because, yes, for so many of us internalized a year ago, the harms of lockdowns internalized a year ago. OK, fine. You know, people have one dose, two dose vaccine. All right, let's get on with the show. And yet there's so uh, there's a there's a real split in that there are a lot of people who are who are not accepting that, who have been downplaying or denying the harms of lockdowns and people are just frustrated. I, I want to read to you a, a now infamous tweet by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau posted on February 1st, when he said, Today in the House, members of Parliament unanimously condemned the anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, anti-Black racism, homophobia, and transphobia that we've, I mean, just list it all, that we've seen on display in Ottawa over the past number of days. Together, let's keep working to make Canada more inclusive. This is a tweet that has been uh, mocked 
all around the world, not of course, not because anybody uh, would disagree that those list of things are, are bad things and we mm-hmm. don't want those things in our yeah, society, but absolutely. like, yeah. come on, mm-hmm. like really, like maybe, I'm not, I don't know where he's getting the transphobia and homophobia from. Maybe there's one person who said one inappropriate remark or had one sign amongst it all. I'm sure you could cherry pick and find all of that. The anti-Semitism, I guess he means that that one nut job loser who was on the periphery with the Nazi flag. We still don't know what that guy was all about. By all means, say those things aren't appropriate, but he's 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 obviously just trying to characterize all of these things as very massive, huge, and the primary motivation of what's going on. At the same time, I saw a video of a, of a bunch of people in a, holding hands in a circle singing that song, We Are the World, in like yeah. a kumbaya dance circle <laughs> thing. And that's what he's saying is this rally that you got to bring the military in for. Yeah, no, there's a complete disconnect, I feel, um, uh, between our elected officials and what is actually going on the ground. Um, and, uh, and, you know, to some extent, actually, you know, also the media, um, uh, much of right. the reporting has been driven by, um, you know, folks in the media who've staked a position here. Yeah. Um, they, they staked a position on this protest even before it arrived in the Capitol. Um, and that's telling you something, right? But but they also um, got it wrong because they said it was going to be a nothing burger. They were yeah, laughing at them and they said, oh, exactly. look, at, you know, there's 18 trucks or what have you. And you go, well, mm-hmm. if there's only 18 trucks, I don't see what you're complaining about. But that was how they framed it. And of course, uh, they suddenly had to flip once they realized that yeah. that, that was not the case. So, well, it, yeah, what's what's interesting, Anthony, actually, you know, before I forget this, because I, I do, you know, it addresses something that you mentioned. Uh, uh, regarding the prime minister's comments yesterday, uh, you know he's tarring everybody with the same brush. Uh, whereas what what one sees if you just, you know, if you live in Ottawa, I urge you to go and actually uh, talk to some of those people. They're not bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact of the matter is, remember Prime Minister Trudeau um, went out of his way to support the farmers' protests in India. If you remember that back in December 2020. Um, and uh, he basically, right. um, you know, he said, we stand with the uh, farmers of India. We're very concerned about the situation there uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, the Indian government did not take too kindly to that intervention. Uh, what was interesting is how the Indian government played the farmers protest. They, they characterized the farmers who mostly live in the North Indian state of Punjab um, and they're mostly Sikh, Sikh farmers, and he uh, and the Indian government and its you know the powerful ecosystem portrayed the farmers as being tied to the Khalistan movement here in Canada, and uh, mm. uh, essentially portrayed them as a bunch of terrorists. Um, and but you know uh, Prime Minister Trudeau supported the farmers' protest, but he uh, you know and and he but he he refuses to even uh, reach out to the protests that are happening right here uh, in the nation's capital. And so there's a little, there's, you know, there's a disconnect here, as I mentioned, um, our elected officials just don't seem to understand the power of what is happening on the ground. You don't have to identify with the cause. You don't even have to agree with uh, what they're saying. You, uh, you know, I'm triple vaccinated. I believe in the science. I think boosters help. I think my messages go out and get vaccinated. Um, right. uh, but uh, but and I, 91% of people have, and then exactly. that remaining 9% is 
you know, there's this bizarre, people say, why are they all holding us back? And then you're also like, yeah. well, okay, well, why are you letting that be your mental hang up for why we are being held back? If you're triple right. vaccinated and you believe in it, just go live your life. Yeah. And in a, in a world where Omicron is so highly transmissible, and studies have shown, at least two studies, I think one of them out of, uh, from the UK, show that uh, its uh, effectiveness uh, wanes in about uh, 10 to 12 weeks, um, which leaves the question, which raises the question, are we going to be on a carousel of boosters? Are we, and so then how do you, then how do you justify this mandate? Uh, you know, are, are we right. going to keep updating these mandates every 12 to 15 weeks? It makes no sense. Um, but here's another point which which is worth making, uh, which is that, um, you know, we have put all of our faith here in vaccines or nothing. Um, and that vaccines are the only way out of this pandemic. In fact, every uh, every politician uh, has, has said that everyone from the Greens to the NDP to the conservatives to uh, to to the liberals, that vaccines are our only way out. Now, we've had two years. A lot of stuff has happened in two years. We've had therapeutics come on the market. We've had um, uh, we have testing capabilities. We have so much going on. Uh, we and we don't even recognize uh, infection uh, immunity acquired through infection. Why is that? Uh, I, I just don't get it. If you've seen these studies coming out of the CDC, um, unvaccinated people um, uh, who have recovered from COVID continue to carry these antibodies. Um, and, well, and I think there's a split. There's there's talking about all the nuances and laying it on the table. And then there's a little something called public health messaging, which has always been so blunt and so mm -hmm. sort of, you know, this single sentence and everybody has to repeat them like mantras. And mm -hmm. it's like, OK, fine. I appreciate that you need the tweet. You need the thing to put on the billboard to encourage people to stay six feet apart back when that mattered the most, you know, a year and a half ago to get the vaccine when the first vaccines were rolled out. But now they, they stick to these mantras when you know, we're, we're adults. We've been doing this for two years now. And I thought when uh, Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe announced that they're pretty much going to get rid of all these rules now, I mean, he acknowledged like, look, pe people know how to make their risk assessments now. It's two years into this. We've all been talking about this to no end. People who never looked at a medical report before have read, you know, a hundred different studies. Like, you know, we're not all going to be in a hundred percent perfect agreement, but let's just figure it out. We can proceed accordingly now. Respect us like adults. Absolutely. So that's an important point. We've mostly been treated here. Uh, there's been a very paternalistic approach to our um, to how we've handled the pandemic here in Canada. Um, a lot of European countries have, um, you know, as opposed to European countries, and that's that's a good benchmark because they're they're more like us uh, in in many ways, and uh, and 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 and. You know, their their citizens have not been treated uh, like their kids, and they don't know what they're doing. Um, and uh, you know, what's what's also striking is I feel that most people here actually like that approach. They like they like the government telling you uh, micromanaging every detail of your life. Mm. Um, I do think that at some level, people actually feel right. like they're safe if they if they if if, if the government does this. So it, it goes both ways. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I just uh, find that the public messaging has been poor. If you remember in, 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 in December over the holidays, 
Um, the, uh, the, uh, someone from the science table said the vaccine effectiveness is melting like snow. Now, what does that tell you <laughs> to tell that to someone who's double? I, I, I know there were people who were panicking uh, hearing that they were panicking. Right. Uh, and I and I actually, you know, went to, you know, I listened to that interview and he didn't qualify it in any way. He didn't, right. he, you know, he, he could have said, look, they're not holding well against infections. But right. hey, look, they're still going to keep you out of the hospital against severe disease. Had he said that, that would have been a completely different messaging. But no, that wasn't the case. And then two weeks later, he says, um, uh, yeah, it protects you against severe disease. So, you know, it's, it's just the public is just tired. You know, they, 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 get, they get told one thing one day and then a few days later, it's something else. Uh, we're still we still have these, uh, you know, idiotic measures in place of plexiglass, uh, you know, which probably do more harm than good, you know. And, and you know, uh, I, I think to your point about people getting tired, they're also getting tired of believing this sort of, quote unquote, listen to the experts mantra only because to your point about uh, that one Ontario person talking about the melting with snow. I mean, people are really making it up as they go along. We've now seen the track record. These are familiar faces. Uh, they just do total flip-flops, reversals on things. And I don't just mean the old example, Teresa Tam says masks don't work. Now she says, yes, you've all got to wear them. I mean, just on, on so much. It just seems like so many people are just making things up as they go along. They're trying random ideas, uh, random proposals. I mean, we know none of this is original uh, public health protocol. Uh, people from the outset, like Dr. Sunitra Gupta, have just been saying, well, lockdowns is not a thing you do. You know, if you've been teaching public health class in university for 20 years, you've never once talked about the idea of lockdown. So we don't do that. And I credit her. She has stayed firm uh, in that vision, whereas others are just flipping and flopping nonstop. And I think this brings us down, uh, brings us back to, you know, what's been going on in Canada, both the protests in Ottawa and, of course, they're going to other parts of the country all over. Now, people are just saying enough already to this constant kind of uh, revolving door of random rules that 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 as Omicron gets milder, as we're confirmed by public health, it is as you know, more and more people, obviously, most people, the vast majority are double vaccinated, we're getting to about 50% triple vaccinated, just stop with the revolving door of wheels. Now it's like, uh, the people who have gotten so used to micromanaging our lives, they can't stop doing it. Mm -hmm. you, see, it's there's a very simple solution to this. Uh, you want to get you. You want to um, you know um, basically. Uh, you want to see these protesters go home. You want the truckers to stop this. The very simple solution to this: say we're ending all restrictions. Yeah. Uh, and most people would be happy with that. I think you know. Uh, I don't know about the polls, but certainly uh, conversations with people across the board. People are just very tired and want their lives back. Um, and uh, and and there's been a huge um, uh, loss in um, uh, you know credibility. The public has lost faith in people, our elected officials, our experts. Uh, experts often get it wrong, by the way. Uh, but here we've treated our experts as basically um, you know that everything that they're saying is the gospel truth. Right. Um, and, and that you cannot question them, uh, or if you question them, you're an anti-vaxxer or you're promoting anti-vax uh, sentiments uh, or you're... And uh, some of these things aren't even expertise things. I mean, I have never gone on any radio show or in my columns written about genome sequencing a, vi uh, a virus because I would look like an idiot because I don't know how genome sequencing works and I don't know how to do it. But when I say my kid's school shouldn't be closed, you say, well, Fury, how, how dare you? You're not an expert. Who, who's an expert? And whether or not a school should be open or not. I mean, this is about us having a say in our communities. 
our neighborhoods, our society, ourselves as parents, as taxpayers, as voters. I mean, genome sequencing or the, the developments of vaccines and so forth, I don't know those technical matters, but nobody has the right to tell me that I'm not an expert to, to talk about my daily life. Yeah, that's a very dangerous path to um, uh, go down on because it's 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 very um, then then that just sh shuts any conversation and debate, right? Yeah. We're just supposed to blindly accept uh, what someone tells you because they're the experts, uh, and we tell you what's good for you. But no, I think um, uh, you know, in, in an open and free society like ours, we need to be able to challenge our experts. We need to be able to question them, and they should be willing to be willing to um, open themselves to that, uh, right? Um, uh, you know, and 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 the best way is to is to be transparent, uh, inform the public, uh, you know, and and not talk down to them. Uh, but unfortunately, what we've had is this talking down approach. It's, it's been very authoritarian, almost at various points. Um, and uh, that hasn't been helpful. And, uh, you know, people are tired everywhere. So it's not just Canada, but, um, right. but I find that the public response here has been, um, has been, you know, quite extraordinary, uh, you know, or has been different from other places that I, I that I, that I'm, that I, uh, that I keep track of. Um, it's been paternalistic. It's, it's treated as like children. Um, it's talked down to us. There's been mixed messaging, um, and um, and 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 there's been no accountability so far, uh, and that's uh, that's that's very unfortunate. We'll be back with more full comment after these quick messages. Well, on speaking of accountability, and I want to bring this back to what you're seeing on the ground in Ottawa, because. I guess a lot of people making their appearances there, whether they are more the traditional truckers convoy, or as you mentioned, that 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 diverse and broad constituency of people who have more more sort of wider frustrations and grievances in all of this. One thing that we've been told is Ottawa is a city under siege, and we've been told that there is there is uh, improper things being done to the citizens of Ottawa by people who are converging uh, in the city for the protests, and you're hearing conflicting stories about all of this here. I mean, Rideau Centre, the largest mall, I lived in Ottawa uh, for a while. It's a nice mall. It had to shut down for a week. But then I'm calling my friends and I'm going, well, what streets? I don't know. Well, the, you can still get to the parking garage. Okay, the LRT train still works. The LRT stops right at the mall. I take the point there's one entranceway that's there. I also take the point that some people were going in without masks on more than the security guards could deal with. Oh, run for your lives. But otherwise, I'm like, you don't actually need to close this mall, I don't think. So what is your sense of the idea of a city under siege? Um, it's it's strange. And I know you live in the epicenter of in the Byward Market, so I know <laughs> I you hear those horns and they actually I have do. been frustrating for you, the, um, the nonstop honking. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I, I've lived in, I've lived overseas where protests and, uh, uh, you know, honking is, uh, is just an, a part of everyday life. Um, and uh, so for me, this so I, 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 I get it. You know, everybody's tolerance level for these things is different. So maybe mine is, you know, definitely I'm used to this sort of thing. But um, but the uh, the mall. So that's interesting. You know, why are they closed? I walked around yesterday in the market and I went down on Elgin. I uh, walked all those streets and all, the restaurants are all open. 
um, barring a handful of restaurants that have closed. And some of these uh, um, establishments are in office buildings that are closed. Um, and, and, and a couple of them are right where the truckers are parked. And so I, I understand from, you know, it would be hard for them to op open them up given all of the noise from the honking. But by and large, most most restaurants, most independent businesses are open. People, I've, I saw people dining, uh, dining in. I saw people shopping. Um, so I'm not quite sure why the, the mall would be closed, um, except for the reason that you know when I was at the mall on Saturday, um, and I did you know take a video of this and I posted it on Twitter. There were a lot of people at the mall. Um, keep in mind that on Saturday the city was still um, locked down, right? We, st we were still under lockdown. The province was still under lockdown. There were there was not a restaurant to go to. There was not a washroom, a public washroom yeah. to, to go to if you were part of the protests. Um, and and, and so where, where were these people going to go? Uh, obviously the mall is in, you know, it, it's an obvious place to uh, go to grab, grab a bite. Um, you know, from the group, there's, there's a farm boy at the, at the mall. So I saw a lot of people there, the farm boy grabbing, but, the, and, and they did great business, by the way. Uh, what's extraordinary about this is that I've never seen the Rito Center this busy. Um, and um, yes, uh, you know, they were violating the mask mandate, the, 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 the mask law. They were uh, the horror. Many, the horror. But you know, but keep in mind. Remember, we were supposed to get rid of the masks in a little while, right? Yeah. Well, wasn't that supposed to happen uh, uh, this month or next month? If I'm and not March mistaken, March 28th, January 17th was the date the vaccine passport in Ontario was supposed to end. Uh, right. That obviously didn't come to fruition. And then March 28th is the day the mask mandate uh, is is supposed yeah. to end. It's still on the books. Yeah. So, um, so it's a mixed picture. So I I I get it. I mean, there are there are people who are inconvenienced. There are businesses. Uh, which have which have uh, shut down either because they're very close to the protests uh, or right there. So, for example, I'll give you an example. The Metropolitan Restaurant in Ottawa is, uh, was closed yesterday when I walked by the place. Uh, but a block down, uh, the Clarendon Social were open. So, and and right. they're not that far from the truckers. So it's it's it 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 you know I guess it's everybody's comfort level. But by and large, I find most businesses in Ottawa in the downtown area are open for business. So, so what's going on with local residents and their interactions with the protesters? Because I've, I've definitely I've tried to reach out to all my friends who I know live in downtown Ottawa, and a number of them have have gone and spoken to these people, and they found usually been a productive, positive conversations. Uh, my friends who are supportive of the cause in terms of want all restrictions gone, they're they're upset with the honking and they've said, oh, can you please reduce the honking or, or what have you? And then, you know, they've had their conversation, but they said it was a polite conversation. They were happy with it. Then there are other anecdotes about kind of abusive stuff going on uh, in the streets of Ottawa, people hollering, uh, you know, inappropriate offensive things at people, a couple windows uh, being smashed. I mean, wh wh what is your take on that? Um. Obviously, those are not good. Uh, nobody should, uh, you know, have to deal with, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But look, a protest like this is going to be messy. It's going to bring, um, uh, br you know, it's going to get all kinds of people attached to it, right? Um, I can't think of a single protest where, where everyone was well behaved and nothing bad happened. But keep in mind, this is an important perspective, I think. These protests have been going on for almost a week. Uh, and Ottawa police say there, have, there, there hasn't been a single incident of 
there hasn't been a single violent incident so far. Uh, that's quite extraordinary. You, you know, two hours, two and a half hours from Ottawa, Montreal, which sees protests all the time. Um, riot police are called in frequently. There's tear gassing. There's, um, uh, you know, it's it's violent. Uh, people are smashing store uh, storefront windows. They're looting. I haven't seen anything like that here. Um, you're going to get. You're going to get. It's 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 unavoidable, unfortunately. Because how are you going to police? Uh, if you you know if you're if you're the protest organizer for example how are you I mean you can you can you can you can you can urge people to be um, uh, peaceful and uh, and not resort to uh, the sort of activity but it's it's hard it's hard to uh, to 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 convince everybody you can't you, it, it's impossible and anybody who's been to any protest anyone who's organized any protest would attest to this. What do you make of the sort of logistical underpinnings of this protest? And that I know it's it's very well organized. Obviously, it's funded in terms of the GoFundMe page hit the ten million dollars, and I know there are a couple of hotels that they that they stay at. Most of them sort of more combined. The protesters they have like an operation center. Uh, they have sort of they move food around. Like they 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 cook you know pizza ovens that they've set up and, and barbecue stations, and they share the food. I understand that uh, you know they're they're fairly generous with all of that, but they have a system in place. They kind of have their their own uh, convoy economy right now and, and, and supplies going on. I mean, it's, it's quite almost interesting from an organizational perspective. When there's those things that you're talking about that are more riots, they're much more kind of flash mob scenes where there's none of that, but this one is really kind of taken root. Yeah, it's uh, extraordinary. It reminds me of protests in India and, um, and you know, this is very similar to that where uh, a whole economy, um, you know, is created around it. I've seen people, uh, I've seen those pizza ovens. I was invited myself yesterday as I was walking around if I wanted to um, go to one of those stalls and get some free food. Um, uh, they are very generous. I've seen them feeding homeless people. Um, um, and I know that they're homeless because I live in this area and I recognize some of these homeless people. So uh, it's been uh, it's been very interesting. and. Uh, um, I, you know, I, uh, the logistics and infrastructure. Uh, what I understand is that it, there, there are a large team of volunteers uh, helping mm. out. I've seen uh, them bringing food to the truckers. I've seen uh, yesterday. I saw a bunch of people uh, wheeling around these suitcases with clothes, and um, and I've seen these um, um, uh, diesel being uh, wheeled around. Um, it's just a constant stream of volunteers pitching in to help. It's really interesting to see officials in Ottawa, and I don't necessarily mean federal officials, but Ottawa city councillors, the mayor, the police chief get very frustrated, call for various forms of action. We want to seize their funds. We want to bring in the army, uh, all these different requests. And, and I know you said, you know, there's an easy way to deal with this. They're saying we want the mandates to end well then end the mandates. And I know uh, so many politicians or people just oppose this would say, well, that's just sort of, you know, negotiating in a way that we don't want to negotiate. It's a sign that they're winning. Uh, we don't want to cave to them. But the thing is, you know, there are other protests where, where people do big protests and they have their list of requests. And it, it's quite something like the specific request say the last time there was a quote-unquote occupation and I remember when there was Occupy Ottawa Occupy Wall Street of course Occupy Ottawa 10 years ago and the requests were these grandiose things about reforming the financial system etc and you're like I, I don't think this can just be done in a day guys sorry it's not going to happen uh, so you know you have to wrap this up soon the interesting thing with the request of and the mandates is to your point it's happening in other countries it's happening in some parts of Canada 
public health officials are pretty much saying, well, we've had Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, Dr. Kieran Moore, Dr. Eileen DeVilla in Toronto, all saying, and, and many others, I could name like eight of them, saying we need to treat this like influenza now moving forward, clearly talking about lifting uh, the various rules out there, public opinion showing they want to lift it. So just saying, okay, fine, we'll end the mandates. It's not really caving to the protesters. It's not appeasing their demands. It's not even setting a precedent because the demand I feel is actually a really mild and moderate demand. It is, it is. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually, I mean, they're, I think it's political at this point. Uh, you know, when even some of our public health officials are have questioned the need for these uh, mandates, it's really political at this point. Right. And uh, and 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 you know, they, the, the mandates will have to end at some point. Uh, why not just do them now? You know, what are we waiting for? Uh, most of us are vaccinated. The booster booster rate in Ontario is about 50%, which is, um, you know, that, that's that's also worth pointing out, by the way, that, um, you know, we've, uh, um, uh, what's the term? We've, uh, it's, it's flattened, flattened at 50% uh, quite early, um, quite right. early compared to where we were on the um, two-dose vaccine series. Uh, we flattened at closer to 80%. So that's telling me something. Um, you know, why are we flattened at 50% so early compared to 80% um, back in the summer? Uh, is it vaccine fatigue? Is it vaccine skepticism? People are tired. People are acknowledging natural immunity. Uh, there could be all kinds of reasons for this. And um, so the, the mandates, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier uh, with Omicron, a highly transmissible variant vaccine effectiveness. Uh, it's been shown that it, it, it wanes within 15 weeks. So are we going to keep getting a booster are we, uh, is, for the general population? Right. Uh, that's that's a very important question. I've re you know I've, I've reached out to some scientists and they can't really they can't really guarantee anything. Right. They don't know. They don't know. So the vaccine mandate really at this point in my opinion by the way i supported vaccine passports in the fall mm. because i foolishly thought i foolishly thought that um that would be our way out of the pandemic i i, I didn't think that uh, doug ford would be locking us down again at the first sign of trouble um and and well, that's so interesting because there's so yeah. many you know there's so many people in your situation mm -hmm. who would who would say the same thing and i think that's why we've seen such an aggressive uh, you know multi-dimensional pushback right. right now like the vaccine passport system i know in ontario and it's similar mm -hmm. in, in the rest of canada doug mm -hmm. ford explicitly said the social contract to this yeah. is we do the vaccine passport no more lockdowns yeah and that was not true no and all the business yeah. associations canadian chamber of commerce those types of groups mm -hmm. they all got behind mm -hmm. uh the vaccine passport because i know the mm -hmm. government through their back channels was like come on guys you know no we're gonna take care of you we're gonna make sure mm -hmm. you can reopen just get behind this don't criticize mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and you know that's called betrayal it is there's been you know loss of trust here um in my opinion um i you know i like I said, I thought that this would be it. We were told no more lockdowns. If if there's if there's a surge in cases, we'll lock down locally. We're not going to do a blanket lockdown. Mm. Uh, but guess what? You know, it, it happened, and I was uh, really disappointed. You know, my my faith in uh, everything that I'd been told, you know, just eroded in that moment because, um, you know, I was once again staring at uh, you know a very bleak. Um, indefinite uh, period where you know life 
whatever little life that we had back in the fall. Uh, By the way, many of us haven't even left. I haven't even left Ottawa uh, in two years. Um, You know, I haven't even, you know, I went two weeks uh, to Quebec once, but that was it. Um, So, you know, we've all been following all the rules. We've We've, we've done everything, uh, you know, that we were told to do. I live in a city which is uh, probably has one of the highest vaccination rates in the, in, in, maybe even in the country, most definitely the province. Uh, but, uh, but then we locked down and uh, mm-hmm. our public health care system, um, uh, you know, even during the surge, uh, sure, a few hospitals uh, were under pressure, but most hospitals, I think, coped well, given the, given the pressures that uh, the you know uh, from Omicron, uh, we did we did fairly well, and um, but yet you know we were all punished in a sense. I saw that as a punishment. No, it, it's so well said indeed, and and I think you know one of the frustrating things that's going on right now, particularly in this is in this moment right here in Canada of this sort of national conversation and, and, and controversy and, and, and debate and sort of split among opinions is that, you know, you and I, I think are having something of a very therapeutic rant session here about how frustrating things have been. <laughs> and there's been a lot of people who mm-hmm. have said, uh, oh, you know, just deal with it. You're resilient. Kids are resilient. It's just two more weeks. It's just two more weeks. Do this, do that. And, and, and the argument gets gets more and more threadbare as it continues. And as you said, we're, we're hearing from a lot of people. And I, I, as I said, I take the point from my friends who are saying this honking is driving me crazy in Ottawa or, you know, what, what these, you know, people feel that they can just block down this particular street for as long as there's, they want. There's hardly been any honking today, by the way, just to mm. let your listeners Interesting. know. Um, maybe it's because maybe they just want to give give people huh. a break perhaps but there's hardly been any honking i've hardly seen and that was anything the main thing heard anything. pushing people against yeah. them of course because as we've you know ascertained like the disruptions you know there's a couple streets blocked quite heavily and that's you know not ideal for some people in some commuters but at the same time it's you know the very people who just who you know when i would write an article a year ago on a, a pediatrician telling me about all the mental health crisis in youth there were people who who downplayed it who ignored it, who even laughed at that stuff. And now you've got the nerve. I saw uh, former principal secretary to Justin Trudeau, Jerry Butts, made a post about, oh, he's upset that the mall, the Rideau Center is closed because I guess he has two teenagers and they wanted to see their friends and they had a day planned at the mall. And he says it's so good for their mental health after all these closures and everything. And it's like, okay, but like, I, I feel like this is an individual who would have just been perfectly fine with all the lockdowns that were happening just two weeks ago. And we were also told if we reopened, the sky would fall. So I think some of the very people who said, don't reopen the schools are now upset that what, that what, that this convoy means that you have to stay home a bit more. I thought everything was supposed to be closed. I thought it was too dangerous to go out and about. And I, why have people suddenly pivot on their views? Look, if this is what it takes for them to say they want to live again, <laughs> seeing the convoy, fine, yeah. I'll take it. But yeah. the hypocrisy yeah. of it, Again, when I talk about yeah. when I talk about it becomes morally repugnant. I mean, I, I really think so that they've people, some people have downplayed, laughed at some of the harms that society has faced the past two years, and now they want to complain about uh, people standing up to it, uh, and then the inconveniences of all of all of that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The cognitive dissonance is just uh, astounding. Um, um, you know, I'd be curious to know how many people actually supported the latest reopening. Yeah. Um, and uh, that would be good to find out because I, I bet that the same people who were 
who, who didn't want schools to reopen, who didn't want the province to reopen because hospital numbers are still high, our ICU numbers are still fairly high. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think they would have wanted the province to reopen. Um, uh, you see, I think it's political at this point. Um, it's not so much about the science anymore. Um, and, um, and, you know, but, but, you know, I think a lot of people see through that. And, um, and, and, you know, by and large, people just want to uh, uh, just, uh, just move on with their lives. They're just tired. Look, you know, I think, I think the truckers are here for a purpose, uh, but I think they also risk, um, uh, you know, sort of annoying people who may essentially support them on some causes, um, and, but, mm. but, you know, they're, they're being inconvenienced in, in other ways. So people, what is, what is interesting about the timing of this protest is that it happened just before the province started to unlock again. And so a lot of people are looking at it, you know, people I've spoken to, right. some people who work at the mall say, look, I can't work for a week. Now, why the mall is closed, why you can't get uh, yeah. security, um, you know, and policing in, uh, you know, in the mall so that people who come in respect the mask mandate as long as as long as it's in place, you could you could do that. You could easily do that. Um, and uh, but, you know, we, we just, you know, our solution to everything here is to lock down. Lock everything down. It's become an easy reflexive yeah. choice. Close the schools. Yeah, uh, close the exactly. malls. Whatever. We did it to them before. We exactly. can do it any anytime things aren't working out perfectly for us. Eh, whatever. No effort. Just yeah, I mean, there are there are solutions to this problem. You can still have a protest uh, in 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 a G seven capital. Um, you know, and other G seven capitals seem worse. This is nothing. This is nothing. We've had no violence. We've had a few stray incidents here and there. Um, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that happened. I don't agree with that. Uh, but, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Um, and uh, there are solutions to this. The mall doesn't have to shut down. I don't know why, uh, why nobody's asking this question. You know, why, why is it that independent businesses uh, um, around the mall are all uh, up and running? Um, you know, how are they doing it? How, you know, they don't have their own security. They don't have uh, 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 police round the clock. Uh, they don't. They don't. They don't have anything like that. But they're they're open. Um, so what's going on? You know. What's going on, indeed, Rupa? This has been a great conversation. Before we go, where does it all end? How does it all wrap up? It seemed unbelievable to me that, to your point, Ontario, Quebec would be in lockdown once again. Yet we were in January. Uh, so I want to say it seems like this stuff is drawing to a close very soon. But but perhaps it's not. What what what, are, what is your guess for Canada? moving forward in the next weeks and months. And I'm not going to jinx it by saying years, but, you know, next weeks and months. Uh, you mean uh, on lockdowns or the truckers protest? Oh, boy. Well, well what, <laughs> what, yeah, what, whatever. Where where, where yeah. are we going? Well, I'm hoping that I just want the the restrictions. I think the restrictions need to go. We need to we need we need to accelerate them. I think this gradual easing is just sounds like a cover for more restrictions down the road. Look, you know, if something you know, we once again uh, face pressure, we'll, we'll probably lock down, we'll probably put in some restrictions, we'll bring them back. So that's not a good sign. I think I think we just need to uh, take the bandaid off right now, because it's, it's, it's just gone on for too long. 
As far as the truckers' protest is concerned, I really think um, that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau needs to um, needs to uh, reach out to them. I think dialogue is key. Uh, I think he needs to hear them out. I think he needs to listen to them. Uh, this is the advice. This is what he preaches to other world leaders. This is what he told Mr. Modi, Prime Minister Modi, back in December 2020. Uh, we encouraged dialogue with the farmers. So why uh, why isn't that being applied here? Dialogue could could just as easily work here, I would think. So. Um, um, so that that needs to happen. I think he needs to uh, uh, diffuse the situation. Uh, uh, tempers are rising high. Um, I'm, I'm hearing uh, stories of a, a possible counter protest uh, coming to Ottawa. That that may not necessarily be a good thing. Um, you know, it's not going to be a good situation to be in. So uh, our elected officials need to stop. Uh, talking like tin pot dictators. Many in Ottawa have threatened to um, take away government aid and, uh, you know, or take their funding away. It's this, we, we shouldn't, this is not a good look for the country. We need to really introspect and, uh, and ask ourselves, uh, you know, what we've become, you know, why, why is everything become so divisive? Uh, and what's the way forward? And I think it starts with the prime minister. I think he really needs to get down here, uh, and and reach out to the protesters and you know and tell them look I don't agree with everything you're saying but let's talk let's have this dialogue and let's try to put an end to this peacefully. Let's talk having a dialogue as we did just now. Great conversation, Rupa Subramania. You've been doing great column writing, uh, great on the ground reporting on social media. Thank you so much for joining us great. today. Thanks so much, Anthony. It was a pleasure. Full comment is a post media podcast. I'm Anthony Fury. This episode was produced by Andre Pru with theme music by Bryce Hall. Kevin Libin is the executive producer. You can subscribe to Full Comment on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and Amazon Music. You can listen through the app or your Alexa-enabled devices. You can help us by giving us a rating or a review and by telling your friends about us. Thanks for listening.